Okay, yesterday, south of the border, it was the State of the Union address, and this address is uh, making news on a, a couple of fronts. Uh, here's a couple of sound bites, and uh, you be the judge of which one uh, resonates a little more, if you will. First of all, here is a President Donald Trump, part of his State of the Union. Three years ago, we launched the Great American Comeback. Tonight, I stand before you to share the incredible results. Okay, and here is Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> That's her soundbite, which was uh, basically, I'm sure you've seen this, it's uh, gone viral since uh, last night's State of the Union. She actually, sitting behind President Trump, ripped up the copy of his uh, speech that she was given uh, beforehand. Here's Ed Keenan, Toronto Star, Washington correspondent. He joins us now for more on this on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Uh, Ed, uh, what is Pelosi uh, saying about uh, this? <laughs> well, she said that was the politest uh, way she could handle the the speech she had just listened to. Um, and it, it, you're right, it is getting a tremendous amount of attention, quite a lot of it from kind of disingenuous uh, Republicans and Trump supporters who um, who think nothing of him uh, you know, c- calling, you know, Adam Schiff, shifty Schiff and all of that. It, but any breach of decorum uh, in any way by the Democrats is uh, some kind of national scandal. So, I mean, some of this is drummed up, but it was uh, a, a tiny dramatic moment at the end of the speech. I noticed it. I was uh, uh, sort of tweeting about the whole speech live, and I, I tweeted a photograph of that as soon as I saw it before I knew it would be big news. Um, you know, uh, uh some other Democrats didn't show up. Uh, I think 11 uh, members of the House of Representatives, Democrats, said they were sort of boycotting the State of the Union address. Uh, at least one of them walked out in the middle of it. Um, it and it, it was, on the whole, I mean, it, it's kind of fitting that there's this kind of pro-wrestling theatrical drama, because that's a, a bit how Trump uh, managed the whole thing, too. In addition to sort of speech, uh, which you know, was a toned-down version of a kind of a campaign speech. Uh, he he had, you know, reality TV moments. He reunited uh, a service member with his wife and children in the gallery during the speech. Uh, he announced that Rush Limbaugh, uh, the talk radio host who, who recently announced that he's been diagnosed with lung cancer, uh, he was in the audience, and he had um, the first lady go over and, hang a medal of honor or the the medal of freedom uh around his neck in the middle of the ceremony so there was uh plenty of theatrical moments i mean and and the thing about people complaining about a breach of decorum is you know there were uh, the republican lawmakers in the chamber during this uh traditionally kind of nominally bipartisan uh event chanting four more years in USA USA in the midst of it. So on the whole uh there was a lot going on there. Yeah, is the debate to add at the end of the day whether or not Nancy Pelosi did she kind of beat Trump at his own game? Uh we know he's uh, very good at creating these uh, moments that uh, you know everybody uh, talks about and lives uh, online virally. Did she beat Trump at his own game last night or did she do herself and her cause a bit of a disservice by uh, I know, in a way lowering herself to Trump's level? I mean, that's the, that kind of thing that people will be debating for a long time, and I'm not sure that there's a definitive answer. But I, I think Pelosi has been very good at getting under Trump's skin. And so in that respect, uh, she sort of stole away a lot of his thunder 
um, by by doing that in that moment. And of course, you know, it did sort of go viral, and it did maybe get under Trump's skin because last night on Twitter, he uh, was retweeting, uh, you know, feedback from the State of the Union, but but he retweeted more uh, anger and criticism at at Nancy Pelosi than he did praise of his own speech. So. If that was her goal, uh, mission accomplished. And of course, also the the people who really hate Trump, the people who are extremely online people, uh, will love having that that meme, right? That little uh, snippet of video that they can pass around as a dismissive kind of thing. But I, there there is a sense, and it's it's a debate I don't know the answer to. But there is a sense that that people think that when you try to play this showmanship game with Trump. When you try to compete with him on theatricality, you're going to lose because because he's a genius at that stuff. Um, it, he It is what he does, uh, and it is what his supporters sort of rally to his side because of. And, and you know, there are a lot of very serious people who would like, uh, the, you know, the Democrats to focus on criticizing him on substance, pick apart, you know, the Washington Post says there were 31 false or misleading statements or lies in the speech, quite a lot of them having to do with, like, core promise, promises, like policy things, like when he says, we're never going to uh, take away, we're going to always protect your in health insurance for people with pre-existing conditions, when, in fact, Trump's administration is fighting in court to remove that protection right now. Right, but it's the last three years taught us or uh, told the Democrats that you can't fight Trump uh, on that level. It doesn't resonate. It's essentially just white noise to the uh, electorate. And, you know, I'm kind of reminded of Michelle Obama's, uh, you know, famous statement, uh, was, when they go low, we go high. And have the uh, Democrats kind of abandoned that? And is this kind of a preview of the strategy we're going to see in the election that is uh, forthcoming that uh, you're going to have to go uh, bare knuckles with Trump. Yeah, I mean, and and I think it'll be interesting to see how they do that. That we, They go low, we go high is a mantra for the Democrats, not just because, like, oh, they're morally principled people and all of that, although I think some of them believe that, but also because they believe that the, the people who want to vote for Democrats, the people who will, are the kind of people who are kind of uh, like to pride themselves on fairness and right-mindedness and all of that, um, and and looking like you're getting down in the muck with a pig uh, might make them uncomfortable. But but at a certain point, you have to wonder what's going to resonate because, as you say, the last three years of of trying to do the principled policy um, uh, critiques. Uh, don't necessarily seem to have moved the needle all that much. Yeah, just finally, Ed, what we saw last night, does it just prove once and for all that the genie truly is out of the bottle when it comes to the polarization of American politics? Because, you know, back in the 80s, famously uh, Reagan and Tip O'Neill, the Speaker of the House, didn't get along, but, uh, you know, they would find time to have lunch and talk policy and find a common or or middle ground. I mean, is is that just yesteryear? Did last night prove that uh, we'll never get back to that in the U.S.? Yeah, I don't know if the U.S. will never get back to that, but they're certainly a long way from that. And if that hasn't been clear uh, for the last three years, it was made all the more vivid last night. But this is a, a you know, it's a deeply polarized public, uh, and it's a deeply polarized set of politicians uh, who, who, you know, they're certainly performing as if they genuinely dislike each other uh, pretty intensely. Yeah, I think only uh, Calgary and Edmonton uh, of uh, recent uh, times in the NHL have shown uh, <laughs> much hatred and dislike stay, for one another. 
something for next year's uh, uh, State of the Union, and I imagine that a goalie battle in the middle <laughs> of the representatives is going to be it. Ed, pleasure as always. Thanks so much for taking the time. Thank you, Jeff. There goes Ed Keenan, Toronto Star, Washington correspondent.